I V M. Hi, I'm Satyajit. Hi, I'm Rajita. Welcome to Paperback by the Open Library Project. We have as our guest today Shifa Mehta. Shifa is the host of Smile India podcast on the IVM Podcast Network. In this episode, we discuss chicken soup for the Indian soul, lesser-known Indian authors, and Indian biographies. Happy listening. The little girl's town. It was on a whim that I was driving to the airport, both amused and a little intrigued. I'd pick the place of the top of my head, and here I was setting out on my own adventure, my first solo holiday. Sure, people do that all the time, but for me, it was the first—a coming of age in many ways. I could do this, and I would do anything. Taking a break from work was tough enough, and when I got time off, planning a break suddenly became stressful. I knew I needed time to be with myself and take stock of where I was headed. Part of me was tempted to stay home and do just that. But better sense prevailed when I had a sneak peek of the pending chores that I would have to look into. Goa seemed like the most obvious choice. It was literally in the backyard, and I knew the place like the back of my hand. I had forty-eight hours to decide where I would go, and Goa seemed simple and uncomplicated. Then other options came to mind: some places on my to-do list, and some that came heavily recommended. Yet there was a voice telling me that I needed to do this by myself and go someplace that just sounded exotic and felt like it was calling me. A friend recommended a new company in Karnataka called the Bucket List, which Taylor made holidays, and that had me hooked. Seemed like they already had what I was looking for. So when I was sent pictures of a gorgeous resort in a coffee plantation with a great spa, I instantly said yes. I didn't realize it was six hours away from Bangalore, and when I began the drive, I was wondering what I'd gotten to. That's when I realized that sometimes going with the flow and trusting the universe is the only choice you have. Solo time is what I yearned for, and here it was. So I ventured ahead into this not so familiar territory. Of course, calls and messages from family and friends didn't help. Some thought I was mad and asked me to come back. Others said the peace and quiet would drive me insane. That egged me on. Surely I couldn't be such a slave to the bad life. Mr. Shrinivas, my guide and driver, set the tone for the next four days. Tough but interesting. If I made the effort, he looked like a bank manager and spoke like a doctor. We honestly didn't know what to make of each other. He told me that Chikmagalur, my destination, actually meant the little girl's town in Canada. It was gifted by a rich merchant to his little daughter as part of her dowry. Seemed ironical that I'd chosen a town thus named when I needed to feel that I was no longer a little girl who needed to be chaperoned even on a break. Google threw in more surprises. This was the place from where coffee, my constant companion, had first entered India. It was also Indira Gandhi's constituency before Amethi. With my camera, the landscape suddenly began coming to life. There was a festival of sorts, and women in all their finery lined the streets, at times blocking the traffic. Mr. Shrinivas pretended to be angry, which was quite endearing. On the way, we stopped for South Indian filter coffee and steaming hot idlis. I was enjoying myself. I got into the groove listening to cheesy Tamil songs and discussing the phenomenal Rajni sir. My phone and computer were allowed to take a break as well. There was an aroma of coffee in the air as we drove uphill. Chikmagalur has the vibe of a hill station, even though it's not at a great height. It has a colonial air with old British structures and green roundabouts. And if you saw an Englishman riding past, you would be tempted to tip your hat. 
Then there was the Sarai. Calling it just a resort would be unfair. It honestly is something else. Luxury takes on another meaning here. What is great about the place is that it has understated elegance and the way they unobtrusively spoil you. It takes a couple of hours getting used to a private villa with a diving pool, jacuzzi and an outdoor shower. Early morning walks in the coffee plantation is what I decided on. Well-trained staff showed me around and let me wander at will. The place is in the Cafe Coffee Day plantation and it just felt like home. Maybe I was a Colombian coffee planter in a previous book. I saw coffee seeds at different stages, from green to red to brown. I also got to know how coffee and pepper grow together in these parts. Both need each other to flourish. Set me thinking, peace and chaos in right proportions? Hot stone massages, meditating in a forest clearing, and sampling the local cuisine in the finest China. I knew I'd made the right choice. What for me was the first and a great beginning was the fact that it did not miss my phone, TV, or social network. It was a revelation and an achievement. I was sleeping by 11 at night and up at 7. The best part is that the routine continues even now that I'm back to real life. If I can keep to this timing and my no-smoking stance, my life will be perfect. Of course, the clincher for me has been the life-changing holiday. Did some amount of writing, a fair amount of reading, and lots of thinking, and rid my mind of toxic people and situations. The sheer joy of not having to second-guess what your partner is thinking is inexplicable. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced that I had to go to Chikmagloo because I was a little girl in the little girl's town. Solo holidays are hugely recommended. Welcome to Fatal Back by the Open Library Project. I am your co-host Satyajit, otherwise known as Onion Knight in most food circles. I'm hosting this podcast with my co-founder at the Open Library Project, Racheta Sharma Roy. Hi guys, I'm Racheta Sharma Roy. I'm an ex-banker, social impact entrepreneur, podcaster, writer, publisher and inveterate learner. The Open Library Project is a curated library service which is offered to corporates on a subscription basis. The idea here is to create value, build a knowledge community and encourage a growth mindset amongst our members. We have as our guest today, Shifa Mehta. Shifa is the host of the Smile India podcast in addition to being a veteran media professional who runs her own digital media production house. Welcome to the show, Shifa. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. It's great to have you on the show and uh, uh, do tell us, you know, um, where was this excerpt from and a little bit about uh, what you did before you started uh, the Smile India podcast. Okay, this was from Chicken Soup for the Indian Single Soul, which was something uh, I write for their titles. So this was a couple of years ago when I was single. And uh, yeah, so this is one of the pieces that I'd written, which is, you know, a true account of what I had been through when I went on my first solo holiday. Nice. And uh, you mentioned that, you know, uh, earlier that uh, you've also started a digital production house, right? That's right. It's called Brands and Stories. Brands and Stories. Nice. And this is with your partner. My my husband, Harshad, uh, Harshad Sharma, he's from advertising and I mean, he's got like, you know, a whole lot of awards and he's been with all these big agencies and so, and I, my background is, um, you know, I've been in television, I've been in radio, I've been in feature films and digital and both of us love brands. I mean, he loves brands more than I, but yeah, we both love telling stories 
and brands are important. So that's why brands and stories. Great. Awesome. <laughs> and that was a beautiful article. I think it was transported to Chikmagalur there for a while. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah. So, Shifa, uh, tell us a little bit about the Smile India podcast. Okay. The Smile India podcast has been on for a couple of months now. And it's a bilingual podcast. It's in English and Hindi thrice a week. And it's about, um, it's a place where you get positive news about India. So at a time, or not just at a time, but generally everyone seems to think that there's everything wrong with this country. But I believe that if you look around, there's a lot that's going absolutely right. So that's what I look for and I curate and I put together. Sounds awesome. When does it air? Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay, great. So everyone who needs a little bit of a positive outlook, I think, should tune in to your podcast. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I actually agree with what you're saying. Uh, and I love that you're doing this podcast because I think Indians themselves, when we, we, we have a very bad habit of, you know, putting ourselves down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, you know, whether mainstream media, whether it's television, print, digital, everywhere you go, it just, you know, everything just seems to be going wrong. Yeah. So, which is why, you know, and that's actually, you know, uh, it was really getting to me at a point about three years ago. One day on a whim, I started a Facebook page called Good News Indians. Okay. And over there, every day I started curating and putting out articles, videos, photographs of everything that makes you feel good about being an Indian. Yes. And, you know, I thought that, you know, I've just started it and I don't know if I can continue with it. But trust me, the minute I go looking for something, mm-hmm. I find, you know, uh, it's difficult to just choose four things out of 10, 15 that pop up. Right. So, yeah, so that continues and that's what led to the podcast as well that's great and uh, we're so glad to have you on the show today because uh, I think even in um, you know uh, with the authors we see a very similar trend there are a lot of amazing Indian authors who are not so well recognized and uh, it'll be great to discuss a few of them today on the show oh I'd love to I mean I, I love to read but it's really strange because I've always you know uh, while I you know, read uh, all the classics and the popular authors and all of it. But I just tend to pick up an Indian author instinctively. So I think for every, you know, third book that I'm reading is by an Indian author. So yeah, I love, I'd love to talk about that. Awesome. So uh, let's start with your favorite Indian author and, you know, uh, why you are deeply influenced by him or her. Oh, there isn't like a one favorite Indian author because like my podcast also, I read in Hindi and English both as well. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, there's uh, Chitra Banerjee Devakurni whose work I really, really like. And I recently read her latest book, which is Forest of Enchantment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was gorgeous. Really, really beautiful. And okay. well, what does the book talk about? Uh, it talks about Sita's life and it's about it's the story from Sita's point of view so it's really lovely to know her from her childhood to you know and it's very real it's it it isn't about in that sense it's you know the story is set in those times you know story that we know Mm -hmm. as mythology and stuff but this really seems like a woman telling her own story and the you know the kind of how she fell in love with Ram and how uh, you know, things panned out and the entire, and she had a sister, her sister 
her younger sister was with her who was married to Lakshman and right. you know it was like the entire turmoil of deciding to go with her husband into the forest and knowing that her sister was going to be left back alone because Lakshman wasn't you know he wasn't supposed to be this is part of the story i'm not talking about the actual uh, reality or whatever and so she went through this entire thing and then how she lived in the forest and she started you know making peace with her life there and how like it was like a wonderful romance between her and ram right and you know growing their own food and eating it and all of that and then the entire bit where she gets uh, you know the lakshman rekha and she steps out of it and it's really beautifully written it's a like you know totally different perspective from sita's point of view totally and the fact that she was absolutely hurt when she was asked to you know uh, go through the agni pariksha and stuff and right. she, you know it, it, it yeah it kind of ends differently from what we heard but yeah so uh, and i was and, wondering uh, that you know why do um, people not prefer reading too much of uh, you know books by indian authors is it like uh, the way they write is it the narrative or uh, do you think it doesn't globally touch or represent uh, too much for people so you know it's it's which is why i like chitra's work because her stories are literally universal that even if you've never you know heard of sita or draupadi for that matter which is uh, whose story is told in palace of illusions Right. This still just very beautifully written books, and you'd be totally involved. Then there's Mistress of Spices again by her. So yeah, no, and I really wonder why people don't. I agree that probably you know at some point they weren't. Actually, no, there have always been good Indian authors. It's right. just that I think there's this whole snob appeal about reading. If you're reading in English, you need to be re- reading, you know, by people who live abroad or who are not Indian. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there are a whole lot of very good Indian authors who I think. deserve to be read and it i don't know i just feel it kind of uh, seems more real because and more identifiable because this is the land we live in you know Absolutely. so yeah especially you know books related to mythology <laughs> and books about uh, the indian uh, business um, and how yeah. you know you can run businesses in india uh, when it's from an indian perspective i feel it adds a lot more value because it's directly related to our markets so i've read amazing marketing books on you know amazon and on like global companies and you're like i don't know if i can really uh, you know implement the stuff that's being said in those books because it's on a very global perspective so i really think for like business books especially or mythology or you know uh, history for that matter if you're reading from an indian perspective it adds a totally different um, value yeah and also i think that you know even fiction like uh, you know there's this a book called the music room by uh, namita devi deal that's right. really interesting because it takes you into another world in the sense that you know we all know of okay you know classical musicians and all of it but what really happens in their lives or how does it you know what are the relationships are the and the rivalries and you know the guru shishya thing it's just so right. amazing to read about it by someone who's you know lived that life it's very possible to go into so many different worlds with indian authors yeah and uh, you're also mentioned you know a dream with your eyes open uh, by oh yeah i Ronnie love uh, yeah i love biographies and ronnie is my ex boss 
So it was very important that I read that. <laughs> So tell us some of the biographies that you know uh, usually like and uh, which really stand out for you. By the art with uh, Ronnie's biography, because you yeah. know I, I've read it and like uh, I found it really powerful. I read it. I read it. Very real. Yeah. 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 And also because you know I've worked with Ronnie at different stages of my career, so I, I mean I could identify with you know a whole lot of things and. what i find really interesting is that it's available in audio format at yeah. the ibm plot platform yeah. so that in fact i listened to the audio version of the book which um, i had not uh, experienced that before right. i found it amazing because i i just felt like <laughs> it was ronnie speaking to me and you know telling yeah. me a story and then at the end of the whole, the whole experience i felt like i had this whole masterclass of you know how to <laughs> scale up a business in india which right. was full of uh, accurate references and me especially being from bombay i like i really got a lot of the things and being a business person from bombay understand right. the value of having a basement office and you know things things have worked out in similar ways for me so i just really connected with the book and i found his voice very yeah. clear and you know give you a good path forward oh yeah he's a excellent uh, orator and i think he has beautiful yeah. diction <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's also his uh, you know background from theater i think that helps you know he used to be a theater yeah. actor so he's Right. Yeah. No, actually, like you were saying about business books, I find biographies also very uh, relatable and very interesting because the kind of uh, tips that you pick up or the kind of you know things to watch out for, you don't really get them when you're reading, you know, about international greats. I, I mean, that's my personal opinion. Right. So before we continue, we're just going to take a short break, and on the other side of the break, we'll be discussing a few more Indian authors and a few more biographies. Welcome back, guys. We still have Shifa with us. Hey, Shifa, very interesting first time, and we are very keen to discuss a few more Indian authors, starting with a few biographies. You mentioned Ronnie Shubala's biography. Any others that stand out particularly for you? Yeah, there's one called Beyond the Last Blue Mountain, which is J R D Tata's biography. Mm-hmm. Again, really, really interesting, okay. and you know, it just shows you, takes you into the mind of the man where he wasn't, you know, he never really spoke. I mean, I think he belonged to a more genteel time, but the book is just really, really lovely. So I definitely recommend that. And this would be like, I think, applicable to anybody who, um, like, anybody would benefit from reading this. Yeah, book. yeah, totally. And it's not about you know, it's not about business or it's not history. And also, the interesting thing is that it's not written in a dry manner, which is why work for me, a biography works when you know it. it can bring the person's life alive literally in the pages and i think that you know that's why i like some of them fantastic and uh, any other biographies that uh, yeah there are many <laughs> okay i'll just i think i i think you could just you know name uh, four five biographies and why you would recommend them and then we could uh, you know move forward yeah then there's uh, okay so i'll tell you this uh, uh piyush pandey's uh, one called pandemonium that's again very interestingly written and it's you know not it, it is about his life but it just gives you an idea of the entire advertising business so yeah that is really good fun nice then there's something i just recently read called from bihar to tihar 
which is oh, yeah, Krishna, this one I was really interested in. Yeah, Kanaiya Kumar's uh, story. It is amazing, and you know, it's literally about. And you have no idea that how small towns in Bihar, you know, just getting to school, uh, or some kid who is able to his parents can afford to send him to school, and or he can study and get into an English medium school, just makes him a local hero. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know and from there you know this whole dream of getting to uh, jnu and how the way he describes jnu and the fact it just seems like the you know best place to be and you know how it uh, how a university can open your mind up so much and it's lovely the entire thing just you know it's almost like you're on the and it's fast paced so i think i read it in one night so, so it much yeah. like his personality basically candid yeah and- Yeah, on point. Yeah, very candid and very, you know, it, it kind of sucks you in. So you can't, you know, stop reading it and say, okay, I'll read ten pages today and all. It's mm-hmm. not that kind of book. Yeah. Whenever Kanaya speaks anywhere, I feel like he's does a much better job than any of his competitors. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and he, uh, the way he writes this one in this one yeah. is also like that. Yeah. yeah. So great read. I think uh, one of the guys we're going to be seeing a lot of in the future. And yeah, I hope. So. Give us. Uh, I mean, his perspective is very unique. Yeah, it's like it's, it's the first time I started listening to him. Also, was because he's he's speaking about things that mm-hmm. I probably have never considered. Yeah, that's what. And, and actually, and this book is totally like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had a totally different perception of him right. before I read the book, and after I read it, I'm like, no, the guy's really making sense. Great, right. I think uh, one to, uh, for all our listeners to pick up. To get a different perspective on things, and talking about perspective, let's talk. Let's talk about a few fiction authors, and you know, Indian fiction. We've had like more authors yeah. coming out of India in our history than anywhere in the rest of the world. So one author, I mean, one author who had, uh, I haven't read all his books, but there's one book by uh, Wahid Mirza called "The Book of Gold Leaves." Book of Gold Leaves. It's okay. so beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I recommend it to everyone. It's just the, you know, the style of writing and the way he, you know, makes Kashmir come to life. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous. It's really something that I recommend to everyone. And what is the story about? Like what? what it's about? it's a, a, I think it's a true account. That's what it says. Okay. But it's about a, 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 you know, a young girl and boy who are in love with each other and, you know, conservative uh, Kashmiri families. And the boy takes a call to. You know, become a militant. Okay. okay. And what happens after that? Very, okay. very well written. Very interesting premise. Yeah. I think uh, India itself is, you know, so different in different parts. Yeah, like, and there's just so much, you know, to learn in different parts of India. Yeah. Like even, you know, I, I just finished reading uh, Tales from Feroz Shah Bagh by Rohington Mystery, right. which is uh, again, it's a, I think about ten short stories. But they're all set in the same building complex called Feroz Shah Bagh, and it's okay. just so wonderful the way you know, and characters from different houses or hence different stories come into each other's stories. So it's yeah, very yeah. relatable, very readable. But at some level, it just teaches you so much about human behavior and you know how things change with loss and with death and with marriage. So it's just very very interestingly done. Oh, that's a beautiful collection you gave us right there, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So uh, before we wind up, 
I just wanted to, uh, you know, ask you to probably um, suggest our listeners as to, you know, why they should be picking up Indian authors because uh, we really feel like, you know, there's a lack of uh, awareness about these authors and, you know, um, they don't get the recognition they deserve. And it's also like a beautiful perspective to your own country. So, um, you know... Please, yeah, and please tell us and encourage our listeners to pick up a book by an Indian author. Totally. And also, like I said, there's a lot of fiction out there, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of uh, nonfiction, which, you know, helps you uh, see things in a, you know, what you tend to get on Twitter and what you get on social media or even in the newspapers. It's just skimming the surface. Whereas an author actually goes into details and tells you the real story. So they're like this, uh, you know, India's Most Fearless by uh, Shiv Aru, the journalist. And uh, there are, I think, uh, two parts to it where they're real life heroes who've been, you know, who are, uh, some of them are living, some of them have been martyred across, you know, the Army, Air Force, uh, Navy. And he tells you the real stories that, you know, what they are like as people, what they're like growing up, what actually you know, was going through their mind during the incident. It is amazing. And, you know, how the special forces were. Right. And so, so things like that, you, you won't know about it, you know, by reading newspapers or just, you know, the things you forget. But here, even if you don't remember the name of the person, you remember that incident or you remember, I mean, it stays with you, which I think is the hallmark of a great, you know, you don't forget about it the minute it ends. Absolutely. I think it touches closest to the heart. And, um, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, are there any you know, Indian book clubs that you're a part of or uh, you know, you would like to recommend to our listeners? No, I'm not part of any book club. And, uh, in fact, I'm a little possessive about my books. I have lots and lots <laughs> of books. <laughs> and, you know, everyone, every time someone comes home and says, oh, can I take this? And I first, you know, I... Okay, I'm sorry to sound shallow, but I judge the person by the book they picked. <laughs> and then I go into, you know, past record and say, okay, did you return this book of mine? Did you return that one? And if you haven't, then you're not getting another one. <laughs> but you shouldn't feel so bad because this is a trait of like most book lovers. Yeah, I think. Thank you. The value of knowledge. <laughs> so their collection. So I think it's yeah. one common point that all people who read have uh, been possessive yeah. of. Yeah. And especially and I, maintaining record of people who return their books back on time. No, and also if you know, uh, if I really like a book, I end up going to the bookshop the next day and buying five copies and gifting it to people who I think would like it. Oh, lovely! So yeah, I, I do that all the time, and I love gifting books to people so so much so that like you know my fourteen and sixteen year old nephew and niece are like. Oh, God, don't give us another book for our birthday. <laughs> Satyajit is also a lot like that. I think yeah. he has like copies of books to recommend to people all the time. I've just been like, yeah, I've gifted Brave New World by Aldous Huxley to like at least 50 people in my life. Yeah, I've gifted uh, Fountainhead and Godfather to a whole lot of people. Oh, uh, lovely. It's like a rite of passage. Oh, you've turned 18, now read Here you go. <laughs> read Hindi authors as well yeah. you know you can read some of them in translation but uh, like there are some good translations of Manto available of uh, Gulzar Sahib right now but yeah. if you can read in Hindi you know there's Mohan Rakesh, Kishan Chandra Amrita Pritam, 
please read. Please read. <laughs> so, uh, just one last question before we yeah. end, since you do read and, and your podcast is also in both languages. Yeah. Like, uh, do you find any difference when you're reading the Hindi original text as compared? Oh, of course. Yeah. Just so real. It's so much more real in Hindi. I mean, I do read translations of languages I don't know, like you know, I can't read in like Tamil or Bengali and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if whatever I can read in Hindi, I do read. And uh, I also read a lot of Urdu poetry translated in Hindi. Okay. Uh, not translated, yeah. just written in Devanagari. So and the, it's just doesn't. I just feel the translation doesn't do justice. I think Urdu and Sanskrit are such powerful languages that the impact that you know they leave behind originally yeah. cannot be like got in a translation. But if you cannot read it, definitely you should pick up a yeah. translation and enjoy. Yeah, and it's actually you know uh, especially you know with your mother tongue or you know languages close to that, it right. kind of. You know, it's a beautiful flavor that, or a beautiful world that it transports you. So, thank you for all those recommendations, Shafa. Uh, thank you. Thanks. Totally enjoyed this. <laughs> it was great uh, chatting with you. And to all our listeners, please check out Shafa's podcast. It airs on the IBM Network on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And thank you so much, Shafa, for being a guest on our show. It was a pleasure. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much. Big thank you to all our listeners. You can follow the Open Library Project on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook for latest updates on our events. And stay tuned for the next paperback podcast on IVM Podcasts. Happy reading! You can follow IVM Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IVM Podcasts. Listen to paperback on the IVM Podcast app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts.